Welcome to Deprogramming with your host, Terry Lynn, the show that explores mind control tactics used for millennia to shape our thoughts and beliefs. We dive deep with experts to understand the harsh reality of what is really going on and how to unwind the damage. Here's your host, Terry Lynn. Welcome to the show, Deprogramming with Terry Lynn. Today I have my friend Rula, who's with us. He's going to share some insightful thoughts with us. Welcome, Rula, to the show. Thank you. Really exciting to be here with you tonight. Thanks. So, Rula, we want to know who you are. Who is Rula? Uh, Rula is the name. And uh, a couple of years ago, I've been given the nickname Rula the Ruler. And I made out of it Rula the Ruler in her own universe. uh, I was uh, born in, in the Netherlands, in the city of uh, Utrecht. Uh, my parents uh, are from uh, Greek origin. Uh, when I was three months baby, I've been uh, brought to uh, my grandparents in a village in the northern part of Greece. And I lived there together with my uh, brother. Um, when I was five, I got reunited with my parents, and at the age of seven, we moved to a city close by to the village. And I stayed there until the age of 20, and when I was 20, I um, came back to the place where I was born, and I've been living here for the last 30 years, so that's um, the... Um, yeah, let's say the leap of faith <laughs> for a better future <laughs> that uh, brought me to a 30-year stay in, uh, in the country of the Netherlands. And um, uh, I often say that so far my life has been uh, a book um, that can give the thrill and the chill. <laughs> Uh, very interesting. I find it quite fascinating as uh, other life books that I've been uh, enjoying uh, reading them. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that is quite a begin beginning to uh, your life. Looks like you moved around quite a bit and um, bounced around with some family members. Is that right? Yeah, it is definitely right. And uh, I found out years ago that in the African calendar, I am the traveler. And I was like, this is so ah. right. I've, I've been moving around <laughs> from country to country. I've been moving in the, in the Netherlands uh, like 18 times. I was changing addresses uh, due to my to my work. And I've, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I think, a, a, a cosmic traveler, a, gyp- a gypsy style. <laughs> that Indeed. is I very much can uh uh understand that cuz I've always felt the same way. I'm kind of gypsy like for sure. Yeah, I can't stay in the same place. And if I am in the same place for a period of time, <laughs> I I I have to keep moving. <laughs> well, share with us okay. what you currently do on this planet. Um I do believe that uh now I'm into the uh, harmony and synergy. After uh, going through different adventures, learning so many, many things, or I better say remembering so many things that I forgot. And um, I'm into the transition from integrating all these experiences into uh, harmonizing them and work all these things in uh, in a way that it's um, that synergy that all the energies of mine and also uh, the people that I'm uh, involved with or the people that I've met in my life so far, all these things to harmonize and to, and to synergize. That is what I'm doing currently. And uh, I feel it at, uh, at every level, personal level, professional level. Yeah. I think that is what many of us come to uh, when we reach a, quote, certain age, you know, when you really feel like you have gone past, let's say, the bloom of youth and you really understand, start to understand, let's say, who you are, right? Um, I think that synergy that you talked about and that melding of all these past 
experiences that we've had, at least in this life, for those of you who remember, um, it starts to get fun, doesn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> no? To be honest, I, 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 didn't, I didn't have any idea what it is to, uh, to feel fun, you know? And now I do. <laughs> right. It's Me fun. either. It's really I, I'm with your girlfriend. Wow. I totally agree. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. it's, it's like you have so many more tools in your toolkit at this point that you yeah. can, and you just understand so much more. And you wouldn't for anything go back to your 20s when you were just so lost and know who you are. And um, I really, I just feel like life just starting to begin. You know, when you reach that kind yes. of midlife, a little bit past maybe the, even that midlife. <laughs> yeah. So um, it is, it is, it gets really yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah. I just want to let the audience Perfect know we do have a little bit of a delay because um, we are quite, quite far away. Um, so there is a little bit of a delay between um, the questions and the answers there. So that's what we're dealing with there. So um, I know that you're a coach at this point and I'm not sure that you would um, call yourself a coach necessarily, maybe more of a counselor. You, you kind of said counselor slash coach to me earlier. Um, tell me what motivated you to get into that kind of profession. I don't know if you call it a profession or not, but uh, what came together there for you to to start that that journey of, of counseling and coaching others? Uh, for the lack of words, I do use the word coach, intuitive coach, and I do agree with you. It's more counseling, guiding, uh, being there. And um, what I've learned from my own experiences and the experiences of others, I use uh, as, as, uh, yeah, as a tool to guide on an intuitive level myself and also my clients. Uh, the main uh, reason I would say that um, uh, lead me brought me to to the profession of being uh, a coach or a counselor or others would call it social worker whatever um, I'm not into the labels <laughs> and I really have difficulty uh, with that um, is that from a very young age uh, I felt that strong connection with nature and humans and but i couldn't explain it i just had no idea what it was it just felt comfortable and it felt familiar and um it felt like uh i knew why i was here i had uh lots of difficulties with grounding not many people know about it um but i did have uh a lot of moments in my life that I ask myself, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> what is this? Um, but the connection that I had with nature from a very young age and with other people uh, is what brought me to um, have the desire to understand what was going on around me and especially to understand people. Uh, I find people uh, very fascinating. <laughs> uh, the the human uh, anatomy I find fascinating and um, I remember finding myself defending those who couldn't defend themselves and due to different experiences on different levels uh, the um, desire even to use it as a profession and not just to connect or to uh, use it for my own self-development just became bigger and bigger by the day yeah and here we are. <laughs> here we are. And I think that's where the magic comes in is when we uh, start to use what we love and what we're uh, feeling just embodies us with our, quote, professions. Uh, because that's how we can share our gifts to the world and everyone that we uh, choose to do that with, right? So um, I love you for that because. Um, that is a beautiful journey, you know, where you take your own experiences and you learn from them and you begin to share that with others. And no doubt people are just um, very comfortable with you uh, and are able to come to you with um, their concerns. And um, it's a beautiful profession to be in. You know, it's a helping profession is what we call it. Um, 
Now, I know that you've had, um, I'm sure that you've had more than what we've talked about, actually, some very interesting experiences uh, with, with others and their stories. And um, this program, the series that I'm doing now, the show is, is called Deprogramming, and we're really looking at programs that um, we all, um, to some extent, are engulfed in. And with your, your childhood and the things that you've come to know, tell me about some of the programs that you feel were running for you. Because we've had some discussions, you and I, um, recently. And um, if you can just touch on that a little bit, um, the things that you have recognized, because you've, you've mentioned that you've recognized some of these um, things that you've needed to learn. And as far as the programs go and just what was kind of fueling um, the things that you had to uh, try to um, perhaps uh, learn differently, you know, from what was trying to be um, pushed in on you. You can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Before I do so, I want to uh, not just compliment you, but really honor you for doing what you're doing. Even the title that you chose for your program, Deprogramming, it's... it's um, Really, I, I take my hat off. <laughs> uh, you know, there are so many people that talk about all these programs, and I'm constantly looking for those who would love also to talk about uh, ways or solutions, you know, how to really be able to deprogram ourselves. And I really appreciate what you're doing. I'm grateful that I'm uh, one of your guests. and. Uh, yeah, really amazing, amazing, and I wish you all the best of luck in what you're doing. Um, That's very what, sweet, uh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, what I do remember, um, what I would love to share is that from a very young age, you know, you go through uh, different experiences. You just do not have the vocabulary to uh, characterize them. You don't know what is called you just do stuff and when you uh the younger you are the more authentic uh you are until the first experience that uh just take you out of your center let's say and then you start to um not understanding processes and what happened is that I felt really, really strong the connection between me, nature, and people. Uh, everything was going really smooth until the moment that um, the first uh, form of, for example, of violence that I experienced in my life, and I, I just didn't know what to think of it. I, I didn't understand it. I had no idea. Uh, or the first time that I felt that I've been manipulated, but I had no idea how to navigate. I really didn't have a clue. Um, or the first time that uh, I felt that I ask, I reach out for help. I ask for help, and not only it's not been given, but I felt that I've been th been thrown back to the the den of lions, and I had to find ways to navigate to survive um, it took me uh, many many years to understand that um, we have all been programmed and um, it took me also a, a lot of time to accept that that was a reality and I went through uh, the life journey and it felt like Every single time I resisted understanding it or accept it, every single time something will happen and I will be somehow given the chance to look at it, accept it as it is, and try to find ways to understand what I can do with that and what I can do about it. And it just happened so many times. I was... I, I, I was really surprised. I was like, what is this? Am I living like for the third time on this planet? <laughs> These things are, they feel so familiar. And at the same time, I have no clue what to do. 
So I was going back and forth. So it's not, it's, yes. it sounds like you, you were aware that there was something kind of artificial kind of running that was trying to run you. And I don't know if you would consider the word indoctrination kind of the same as programming. Um, but you know, as children were indoctrinated uh, by well-meaning parents to live a certain life. Um, a lot of that yes. is tradition. Um, but it's, you know, out of, out of love, um, maybe mistaken kindness at, at times, mm. but they want us, our parents want us to learn. Uh, usually, you know, if our parents are relatively healthy, they want us to learn how to yeah. get by in life and, and the ways <clears throat> that they know are the only ways that they know how to teach. Um, mm -hmm. and we can expand that to beyond our parents, to our extended family members or even uh, people, friends and this, then keep expanding that. Um, mm -hmm. The people are running the same programs that they've they've been indoctrinated with. So we've got this cycle of everyone kind of just running the same programs that kind of work for them, you know, in a way, uh, at least um, they think that it does, unless they've learned differently. And so uh, mm -hmm. it sounds to me like with your story, you're telling me that you, you kind of sense that there was some kind of an indoctrination happening in, in the sense that there was, you were kind of almost like from the outside looking in. Uh, into into your behavior, into your actions, and saying, "Look at this! Like, look at what's happening here!" And um, this doesn't feel right uh, because I'm so connected to nature and to people um, from an innocent type of um, standpoint. Let's say mm -hmm. that, um, and, and then it's and then it's navigating through that and and starting probably slowly. I would guess, or you can tell me if I'm wrong in your case. Starting slowly to start to understand. Whoa! Wait a minute. That's not right. There's something going on there. Um, and, and I know this because of, let's call it intuition, maybe in your case, with these other things that I'm connected to, which are pure and innocent. Um, and so it sounds like you started to really recognize some of the patterns that were being instilled in you and indoctrinated, I guess, into you. And, and we call them programs today. Um, tell me some experiences that maybe as you got older that helped you to really see these things for what they are? Um, I share with you that um, I've been experiencing all uh, forms of uh, violence that a human can experience. And um, uh, I, I could see myself as an observer uh, while all these things were happening as well. Um, I do not have any fancy way of uh, describing that that condition or situation, but that's how it felt to me. Um, mm -hmm. From uh, when I was a young girl, I, I would, for example, I, I faced, for example, uh, status discrimination or uh, color. I used to um, my skin color used to be more dark and. Like the hair color used to be darker as well, and I enjoyed to play outside and live this gypsy style. But growing up in the village, um, people would would really believe that I would be some kind of uh, offspring of a gypsy thing, and that wasn't good because gypsy means some kind of mystery, magic, witch, whatever. <laughs> and um, I, I would get. Uh, kind of treatment like there must be something off with me. <laughs> That's why I behave the way I behave, which I didn't understand what they meant about it. That went on and on and on when I wanted, for example, to become a singer was my dream. And um, I've been told not to sing out loud because what if the world will hear you singing and they will think, oh, well, she's just a singer. Uh, and people are not going to take you seriously. And in the worst case scenario, they are going even to abuse you. So I, I, it, it just, it was a constant um, contrast between the innocence, as you mentioned, uh, that and the authenticity that uh, I was enabling myself to express. And at the other side, um, the some kind of shame, blame, uh, limited uh, ways of thinking uh, that they were opposing everything that I wanted to do. 
that went on uh, when I got uh, into my first marriage. It wasn't a whole choice of my own. Uh, and in that first marriage that lasted, I guess, 10 years, uh, the different forms of uh, violence uh, took place. And um, I've been literally uh, been groomed, been uh, almost abducted, uh, uh, going through a lot of different um, um, situations where fear was, uh, I, I was on high alert, for example, or uh, I was uh, feeling uh, guilty or shame or whatever. And um, I, I just couldn't find my way out. I couldn't find something that can tell me, okay, this is how you do it. And when you do that, then you are free. Or I, I would just kept on trying to do stuff and one of the things that i uh tried to to do in order to understand what was going on was to really study um I, i've done a lot of things in uh, secret uh, because i wasn't allowed to actually not to have an opinion i was really young i was 14 he was 23 and um he had his own uh, traumas to uh, to deal with um and I've done a lot of things in secret. I've learned how to memorize uh, very fast, um, how to analyze situations and how to observe, but also how to become uh, a very keen observer of myself. And uh, also not to allow um, situations where I was um, afraid or I was, uh, I, I would feel detained, for example, uh, it's happened. Uh, not to allow that to overcome me, to uh, to really overwhelm me. Uh, after the, the 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 quite ugly uh, divorce, in in many ways, I went on, and as I somehow I remember that it felt like I was a complete different person. Uh, I went out there. I chose for a study which I didn't finish. Uh, I, I just was quite interested in social sciences and uh, child development. And um, I started to learn the language a little bit better, um, taking, for example, uh, driving lessons. I started to work on on me, <laughs> just doing things, but then not anymore uh, in secret, secretive way, just really being out, out there, which was very new. Um, later on, I met uh, my second husband. And in the meantime, I had a lot of understanding how the, the basic, um, how this, this thing really works. What, what is this program? I didn't know back then. I, I wasn't talking. I wasn't thinking in terms of programming. But I did know that... Uh, what I've been through was really bad in terms of abuse, right? And um, what I've learned is that every uh, single program, every single uh, uh, abuse has a, a very clear and, and a very solid structure. And it's based on fear, uh, manipulation, and shame, and blame. So anything, anything, um, either... For example, just an example, organized religion, right? Or um, the kind of uh, training that uh, we get from our parents or our caregivers. The kind of parenting that we do to ourselves, as, as long as we understand, uh, as much as we understand ourselves. All those things, they have a very clear structure. And I see that... Uh, also in the current uh, programming in others as well, but also on a global level. And it's, it's all based in fear, uh, shame and blame, and um, manipulation. Uh, what I realized is that when I was uh, in my second marriage, uh, I, was, I knew that I was dealing with someone who has been uh, severely traumatized uh, by his own parents who were practicing uh, satanic uh, rituals and um, he 
literally had to run away in order to save his life and not to be the last uh, to be sacrificed so his parents can have a higher ranking in, in their own clan. What I realized going through that experience is that throughout the years and before I met my second husband, I've learned so many things. I've been self-taught. I've learned to ask the questions that um, I had when I was afraid and I didn't understand. I learned how to uh, go really and research. I've learned how to look at that thing, whatever that thing is, and accept it as it is without making any other stories in, in, my, on my, in my mind. And I've learned how to uh, see through it and work with whatever I have in my hand to help me. And later on, I implemented the same in my way of doing the coaching or, or the counseling. I still believe how you do one thing is how you do everything. So the way I've dealt with my own uh, challenges, my own traumas, my own healing process is exactly what I implemented in my relation, for example, with my second husband and now also in my relation with um, uh, with my clients, for example. And um, I think that will be um, a clear example. I don't know if uh, that will be something. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. So, um, so am I to understand? So, you, were you married at fourteen? Did I catch that right? I met him when I was fourteen, and uh, he was twenty-three. Okay. And the question was, if you want to continue with him, a choice needs to be made. You get engaged later on. You're going to be married. If you are not going to do that, it means that there is no relation. So I was in love, and I said, yeah, let's just go for it. Let's just go for the whole deal. Yeah. Little I knew, <laughs> little I knew, um, he uh, he bet on me. He had a bet with his friends, and he said, well, she is going to be mine. And I didn't know. I had no idea. And that was the very first time when I have heard about it, and he spoke quite proudly about it. For the very first time, I felt like, uh yeah like 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 an object and i still couldn't have even the right. understanding and the, right. the strength to say that like wow <laughs> yeah yeah so, so that 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 reminds me of of some religions that um they take very seriously their um their dating protocols you know yeah. and so it sounds very similar to to actually what i was uh in my adult life anyway, uh, what I was um, indoctrinated with. And so that's why I wanted to clear that up with you or just ask that question because you were still a child at 14, you know, yeah. so you were still in that, in that childhood kind of mind frame and your brain wasn't even done developing for another, you know, mm -hmm. almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, so you were still in a very uh, highly suggestive uh, type mindset right where you could be molded and indoctrinated and so i would guess your first husband as as was my first husband actually i was married when i was 18 um was kind of finishing that process of indoctrinating um you know me and you uh, or just you know the experiences in, in our lives so that's that's pretty critical that you were you know kind of forced in a way to make that choice at 14 because of the culture that you were raised in there um and so I know I just wanted to clear to make sure that I understood that, that that's what, what happened there. And then, um, and then it sounds like when that ended, that that's when you really, and you were older, you know, you said about 10 years, I think. So yeah, that would bring you to, you know, finally when you're kind of, you know, physically and biologically more of an adult finished growing, um, to the point that you could say, whoa, what just happened here? And, um, start to kind of, rewind some of that and do some healing or at least at least start the healing process maybe um and just try to work through some of those experiences so um that was a lot of information there i'm trying to get trying to gather it all what i did notice was there seemed to be three phases 
or there is three phases. Um, and, and maybe this is pretty common with everyone, but your experiences growing up, and of course we've just mentioned, you've talked about in depth your experiences and how they were um, affected quite a bit by the culture that you were raised in and the indoctrination was real. And then how you were able to bring that, those childhood experiences um, maybe after your first marriage, right around there, maybe you started to do that with now having an adult view, looking back and saying, oh, I remember this, that, and started to put it all together. But now you have a more mature um, mind frame and able to understand it differently. Um, and then also recognizing what survival tactics you had uh, as a child and say, okay, I did this because of this. I did this, this thing because, because of that. And so now I'm still doing these things. And it's still a programming program that's kind of running, and I'm still kind of playing the same cards, mm -hmm. even though I may not need those cards in my current situation. So that's, I think, the discovery phase, really, where we start to, if we're aware, and I know you are and were, um, and then bringing that all together as now we're mature, you and I are mature women, uh, together to counsel others, and that's what you've chosen to do. So to to bring that kind of full circle circle weaving that whole thread of the, the childhood, the adult experiences of healing, you know, your past, and then expanding that awareness now outside your own, your own little circle to, to others yeah. who you choose to bring into your circle. Is that, is that accurate? That's very accurate. I think uh, it's true when they say it takes one to know one. So we have a lot of things in common, Teddy. <laughs> it does take <laughs> do. to no one. Yeah. Yeah. Very accurate. Yeah. Awesome. And so, uh, um, now have you had any professional, I say, no, no, that's not the right word. Have you had any um, higher educational uh, training, let's say, for the, the, the work that you're doing now? I think I know the answer to that, but I just want to make sure. <laughs> Uh, being self-taught like you, um, I do believe that I have the highest education that is available and that is uh, from the University of Life. And that combined with uh, um, really intuition, uh, dare to believe, dare to trust that intuition. Uh, when it comes to uh, schooling, yes, I did have, uh, I've, I've been going to school and um, when I was in the Netherlands, I decided to do a self-study at, at the Open University for social sciences, there we go again, and child development and psychology. Uh, but I just found it out quite, yeah, to me it was very boring and it was completely disconnecting from, dis disconnected from reality. And uh, even though I got really high remarks and I said to the, my professor, I'm going to stop. Um, I really appreciate it, and I'm out of here. And uh, he almost freaked out. <laughs> he said, what is wrong with you? You can become a renowned <laughs> psychologist or whatever. And I was like, yeah, right, whatever. Good. Thank you, but no thanks. And what I've done, um, I just threw myself into every single class of that University of Life and it has, it has been rewarding uh, ever since and I, have, I haven't been graduated and I have no plans of graduating from this university <laughs> so yeah <laughs> I love it <laughs> so wow so you did start that process okay yeah. You know, and, and I, you know, I think there's pros and cons to both. There's, there's, there's pros and cons to having what they call a higher education mm -hmm. or having the higher education that you speak of. And that, I, and I, I had a little bit of schooling too. So I think we're kind of in the same boat. Um, a little bit of schooling meaning through the, you know, the, the secular kind of, um, yeah. world, mm -hmm. uh, what they call higher education. But then the higher education that kind of we were talking about there, um, there's definitely pros and cons to that. I think mostly pros for sure. But, um, you know, I think maybe in a way, and so one of the pros in the, so the higher education of life is that uh, maybe the ones that are self-educated and actually do end up to be educated, they get that because it's just this inner desire, whatever it is that motivates them, inner desire to 
to keep moving ahead and keep learning. And, and maybe there's a certain subject or subjects that they go with. Um, and the ones that hope I don't lose that thought there. Cause I want to, I want to go over to this side a little bit. The ones that are in higher education, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're there to really learn. And I'm not saying that those, you know, people aren't, but you know, there tends to be a little bit more of a, of a grab with, you know, you're going to make some more money or you're going to have this title. The ones that go with the real higher education, let's call it, they're not interested in that. They're just like, what can I learn? What can I absorb? You know, and how, who, maybe who can I help or how can I improve myself kind of a thing. And so my point being with all of this is that I wonder if those self-educated people with this higher education aren't a little bit farther ahead, maybe because they started farther ahead with just their other uh, goals, but a little farther ahead because they're not indoctrinated with this other higher education, because let's face it. You know, the medical system is run by the Rockefellers, for instance. You know, these schools of thought aren't necessarily for the people's best interest. And I'm not saying that there aren't pearls of wisdom there and the the great people don't come from those schools. I'm not saying that. We're talking about generalities, right? And so maybe, you know, the way that kind of we've just kind of fallen into, I was never interested in higher education either. I, I went to tech school just to get a, yes. a skill set, which I, I, I have and I, yeah. I've been using. And, and, but I loved psychology and I loved sociology kind of with psychology. It was like, I got an A, you know, I got like hundred percent. It was like ridiculous what my scores were. I just loved that part of it. And so, you know, um, I, I guess I'm just wondering, so that, so that programming there, that indoctrination that still happens, mm-hmm. you know, after you, you are of a more mature age, you can still get caught up in that and never really do that self-exploration True. that you started doing as, as a young child, right? Do you agree with that? hundred percent. I know that if I would have go um, or if I would have pushed myself uh, going through that program, um, I, I, I wouldn't reach to the level of understanding pieces of myself and uh, life in general to the same extent as I do now. I, I, I'm 100% sure about it. I do find it. I, I remember that um, at school, after 15 minutes, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm Okay, let's do something. And uh, this, this whole blah, blah, blah theory, I could get really agitated. <laughs> and in the end, I would do some kind of nasty things. So they can ask me to just go out of the classroom <laughs> and I would go like, yeah, <laughs> it worked because it was so boring. Not you. <laughs> <laughs> and the teachers were like, I mean, you, you are, you, you are so sweet and so kind and this and that, and you are intelligent and you understand everything. And then you turn to this kind of just nasty, <laughs> just to find yourself outside. And I was like, Hell yeah, because you have no idea how boring it is after being able to understand the gist of what you uh, teach us. That after that, I'm, I'm saturated. I, I just need to go and play. That's it. And I need to put it in practice. So what happened to me and to, to, yes. uh, to us is that we got the practice first. And later on, we have been served the theory like, oh, oh, it, it's called like that. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's the name for it? Really? And this is what, uh, what excites me even more to find out that, for example, um, creative visualization. I had no clue that thing was called like that. I was doing stuff. I was wishing to have that. And I was uh, imagining it and I would smell it and I would taste it. And then, boom, that thing was in front of me. Like, like I needed a warm jacket and I didn't have a lot of money and this and that. And I was like, oh, and it would be nice and it would be that color and it would be warm and fussy. And I find it within five minutes. I mean, and I didn't... Stop to think that this is how really things work in real life. Later on, you hear some kind of a fancy guru talking about creative visualization. Or I followed, for example, um, the series of Kevin Trudeau that says, uh, your wish is your command. Learn how to 
really uh, move into that, how to transcend energy. I've been uh, transmuting, sorry, transmuting energy as far as I remember myself, you know, in the middle of, of a horrible situation just to uh, step back and observe and become the observer of the observer and use that with uh, a twist of uh, faith and compassion and forgiveness and then boom you come out of it with a smile on your face and I, I didn't know that this thing was called uh, transmuting the energy and then I read the book The Alchemist from Paolo uh, Coelho or um, about the warrior of the light and I was like oh wow that's super cool I started to find myself cool when I started to connect the dots that First, I've done the practice, and then I got the theory. So I'm really blessed. I really feel blessed um, that I didn't force myself, even though I could get really high remarks and good diploma, but I didn't force myself. I didn't find it necessary to force myself to go to higher education, and I'm very proud of it, without talking down to people that made that choice. It just, for me, it doesn't work like that. I need the practice. I need the inner journey, journey in order to uh, understand the theory and really walk, walk out there, what I already lived inside of me. So, yeah. I think you, you you might relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you reiterated that point and how that journey is just different because uh, the higher educational system um, definitely, like I said, does have its positives, its pros, and those that went go that route or went that route and then were able to get their own. And, and I'm going to encapsulate what you said by saying critical thinking yeah. um, and get it that way. That's okay. But yeah. but I, I think, you know, there there are some subjects in those higher education programs that kind of teach critical thinking kind of yeah um i haven't been through those schools you know but uh, you know I, I know enough to know that it's it's possibly not the critical thinking that we're talking about so i think your your um way i can sum up what you just said is that we can naturally develop our own critical thinking skills so that we can more easily see the bigger picture mm -hmm. if we're not so indoctrinated or you know like so i'll use me, me as an example i was just a kind of like a a little obstinate as a kid mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I, I i didn't i didn't let anyone tell me what to do or to yeah. think or you know and that is you know hell on earth for parents that don't understand you know that mm -hmm. and it sure. would, you know be very hard for me as a young parent as well now i know better but um so but it, but it's kind of maybe those personalities that can really run with this because i just I just learned to really think for myself mm -hmm. and that didn't always glean the best results. Trust me. But usually <laughs> when I look back, yeah. the times that, that I didn't think for myself, the times that I let others put thoughts into my own mm -hmm. head were times when it, it went bad, True. you know, cause I think I, I remember a time when I was extremely intuitive, you know, and, and, and things didn't feel right in the world for the most part, actually. And, um, then I got into this uh, this time period that was pretty long mm -hmm. that I I thought that no the way I'm thinking must be wrong I have to go against that go against that go against that yeah. and mold my thinking change it and and that was not the right thing to do at least it wasn't the right thing to do for me and it didn't glean the best results for me either mm -hmm. so I, I think you were didn't have to go through that that testing ground like I did but. Um, you had the critical thinking skills from a child because you were so connected to nature. And I was too, I was connected to animals and um, nature. I think too, I was always very um, attracted to the indigenous nations wow. and tribes yeah. very much. I used to have my whole, one of my whole walls was decorated with these plastic Indian dolls wow. <laughs> that I would get when I would go traveling. You know, I just <laughs> love the Indian native cultures yeah. and uh, it just is, it was, it was strange. I'm like, why am I this white girl in this white body? Cause I don't feel like it. You know, it's not, <laughs> not who I am. Yeah. And it was just to that yeah. extent. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think I was too, you and I have a lot in common actually. So let's, if you don't mind, let's talk yeah. about, I want to know from your standpoint, 
let me get your point of view, at least on this, uh, as far as just the programs or the indoctrination programs that, that you feel were running uh, for you uh, from the time that you were maybe, you know, a child and, and how it kind of weaved through and maybe how you, how those changed for you. Um, what were some of those that you saw running, maybe even just not in yourself, maybe in your husband's as well? Mm-hmm. And I know that you're not, you know, you don't tend to name things. I, I understand that, but maybe you can try to give us a picture about some of those programs and maybe what they might be called today. Um, I remember um, not accepting the fact that I have to have a paper that says that I'm certified in order to do something, especially uh, working with people. I never accepted that. Uh, I had a lot of... uh, challenges in this country which um, recognizes certified people (laughs) and not someone who says hey I know how to do that on intuitive level just give me the chance and uh, they're not also used to be challenged and I'm someone who made the choice to challenge and say you know what you uh, can see what I mean only when you give me the chance to do what I tell you that I can do very well. So that was one of the beliefs that I um, I knew as a child that uh, I don't need to do, to do all those things in order to uh, to reach somewhere, but I just couldn't put it in words. And during my first marriage, uh, when you have the experience of not being allowed to have even Expressing your opinion, you know, it's one thing to have an opinion, but to express it, it's another thing. Uh, and by doing so, you uh, know that the person will be agitated, you can get punished, you can get restricted, and then more restrictions come. So in those, uh, in that phase, um, I, I used to believe that um, there, there, it's, it's, it's very difficult to come out of the situation. I used to believe that. So that is why in the beginning I believed uh, the whole programming of fear, shame and blame and manipulation. And I reacted, I kept on reacting. Uh, When I saw my first husband uh, in a very weak, in my eyes, in a very weak situation, uh, couldn't, uh, get um, himself in in a way to to uh, um, he he was just completely out of out of control. A friend of mine would say he was out of cosmic order, <laughs> and I was I would be like relaxed and and collected and and balanced. It was the very first time for me that I've been conf- I confronted my own convictions. Like uh, you are not going to get out of it easy um it has to you have to go through a lot in order to get out of this uh, abusive uh, situation um so this was uh, very confrontational for me and i found out that i was completely wrong and how did i find out i just uh, i think that that young thing in me got like okay you just do it just do it and see how far you come and I I went further than what I expected. So there it was. The whole part of that programming was gone. Like, okay, so I don't have to do a lot. I only have to believe it and I have to express it. And at the same time to accept the consequences. Because it all has to do with my own personal freedom. I experience um, uh, confinement. So I know what it is to feel free. Um, in my experience with, um, for example, finding a job, the kind of job that I would love to do, uh, they, I've been told it's impossible to get a job in this country while you do not speak the language uh, uh, very well and you, do not, you, don't, you don't have any paper that says that you're a social worker or a psychologist or whatever, the kind of label that, that they put it. And what I've done is what I've done in my uh, first marriage. I just challenged the status quo. That's what I've done. And I told them, you know, uh, 
give me three months contract with one month or like like a you know just to see how I do stuff and if you don't like me just kick me out and I stayed in that organi- organization for almost nine years going from uh, changing also different um, uh, positions and functions and I proved to me and I in the end I proved to many people that indeed you do not need all the certificates and diplomas in order to do what you really want to do and what you are good at. And the last one was for me, um, when I was going in in my uh, second marriage, um, in the meantime, he's my ex-husband. We separated like, I think, 10 years ago. Um, In that uh, marriage, I had... To confront again my again uh, my my own beliefs, I thought that I wasn't equipped enough, and I wasn't strong enough, and I wasn't well informed enough in order to understand the kind of background that he was coming from, and in order to know how to navigate it. And again, I've been confronted with my own convictions, and I found out that. Uh, before I met him, I've done so many self-studies. I've done so much study on uh, metaphysics. On uh, um, I was crazy about Africa, especially West Africa, since I was seven years old. So anything that had to do with uh, uh, Egypt, for example, uh, cosmology uh, of Egypt, I've I, I just dived into it. So I've learned so many things. And when I found out that all that I've learned that far, I can use in order to understand that this satanic ritual thing is so real and it's happening and it has an, a huge effect on, on, on him and, of course, also on me, but mostly on him. Um, and how to navigate that, it was, it was like, yeah, just staying uh, one more year in the in the. In a yeah, in the class of the University of Life, <laughs> that's that's what it was, and that is what made me say in the beginning, I'm not willing to graduate because once you graduate, I mean, the fun is done, it's it's finished. So I, I think these these three examples <laughs> might be <laughs> something, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I wrote some notes down when you were talking, and um. One of the things I, I loved what you said was you had a three parts um, to this, and, but the one that stuck out to me is believe it. Believe what you're, you're, you're starting to form. I forget what you said, but your, your own self. But really what it comes down to is trust yourself. Yeah. And, and I think that's where we go wrong. We don't trust ourselves. Yeah. We're so wanting the validation and recognition and, and the okay. Yeah. from our society whatever our culture is, yes. is made up of and we don't think for ourselves i can think for myself very very nicely very easily but but i remember the time when i was being indoctrinated to not do that and i was so unhappy because what what i was born knowing how to do and so strong with my first almost 20 years of my life uh, was what made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the message is that we do have to trust ourselves and to not keep looking outside of ourselves for answers because yes. we have the answers. Yes. And, and we're going to get there and we're going to get, we're on a journey. Yeah. Trust your inner engineering. Trust your own hardware and software. Trust that it's there. It's all there. And, um, Every time you do that, you honor the essence of your soul. That is what I what I feel. And um, I learned that uh, the words that we say to ourselves and the pictures that we make in our mind really define our trauma and drama and or our healing. So... Each and every time I see a pattern in my behavior, each and every time that I've changed the words and the pictures that I made on my mind on a particular situation, 
uh, a, a painful one or even a, a happy one. Every single time I changed the words that I was describing that situation and myself into that situation. And every time I was changing the pictures that I made uh, on my, in my mind, every single time I would feel more and more liberated and lighter. And I would just find myself um, really like uh, cannot wait. I couldn't wait to share this with someone else, but not just, you see, this is what happened to me and that's what I've learned, but in a way to say to the person, hey, if it works for me, I know it will work for you. And it's not to compare, like, uh, it would be that easy or it would be that simple, but the fact that it's possible, the fact that it's possible, it means that you too, like me, have at least a very small chance, you know? What if you take that, that step, that, that leap of faith, and you start to change the words and the pictures in your mind and see how that works for you in terms of liberation and personal um, leadership and, in the end, really living uh, the, the one you are becoming not the one that you uh, made of you or others made of you. And I kept on challenging myself, and I've done the same with my clients. I challenge you. I challenge you to uh, prove me wrong. Just go and prove me wrong. And I will never forget, it was a very pivotal moment in my life that um, I felt again that, uh, what the hell am I doing here? I, I do this and I get a slap on my face. I mean, what is this? Let me just get out of here. What will happen if I'm just out of here? I think, I think again, like I, I think what encapsulates this episode here is, is trusting yourself. And you've done that. Uh, I, I've, I've tried to do that. Uh, I had a, you know, a big period of my time where I was struggling with that because I was letting others make those choices for me. But how can we, maybe this, this little last part here, how can we um, help others to trust themselves? Like how can the two of us, between our two experiences, let the audience like just come away with, with something that, mm -hmm. how would you encapsulate that? I'm not sure how I would, so maybe, maybe I can go second. I'll let you for, go first. <laughs> so how, how, how would, what would help people to trust themselves? Because, and then, let me just say this, I think about a parent, when you were speaking, I'm thinking about a parent and parenting and how you were saying that uh, indoctrination and programming, fear is a part of that and shame. And parents do that all the time. Yes. The fear of, you know, the, the face in, in their face or the, you know, the, slapping or you know yes. pushing around and uh, most parents have done those things to some extent mm -hmm. and then the shame mm -hmm. the shame is big and that shame can be something that's kind of run, running kind of a little under the radar a little bit and it's just in these little things that they say and do I mean we we as adults to other adults too but um, and speaking of children specifically so I could see when you were talking about that I could see how parenting styles today are really based on that. And parenting styles today really are based on indoctrination. Yes. And so <laughs> children learn not to trust themselves. They learn, oh, I can't, I shouldn't cry right now. That's yeah. wrong. Or I shouldn't be happy. I'm too happy. I need to mm -hmm. tone it down yeah. so that the family is more comfortable, things like that. Mm -hmm. So how do we as adults, now that we realize this mess we're in, you know, and we got to kind of work on ourselves, how do we learn better how to trust ourselves? And because, you know, uh, we can be, lead our own selves astray. So, it, uh, but there's a lot of people that don't trust even the simplest thing. So we want to keep a balance between, okay, yeah, I trust I'm going to, I'm going to make a decision. I trust myself, but it, it ends up to be something that we just want. And it's not really good for us or others. So really trying to keep the balance here. What's your best advice to this long-winded question of how we can how we can trust ourselves and, and maybe help others to trust their own intuitions uh, as well? Well, uh, what I realize is that uh, I've, I've been studying behavior, eh? my, my own behavior and behavior of people for many, many years. And I completely, I, I just 
learn the the anatomy of it i learned i had to learn the anatomy of fear shame blame manipulation w- what is this thing what what does it do and then i somehow learned how to reverse the, that process and i would say for example what if i don't do that what if i do not feel guilty what if i do not feel shame what if i um start to believe in me as uh, as uh, I would suggest a friend to do the same. What if I do the coaching of myself the way I do the coaching of my clients? What if I really um, believe and trust and um, what if I give chance to vulnerability? What if I do that? What if I just go out there and say, you know what? I actually have no clue what I'm doing, but somehow it feels good. And what if I trust that I have no control of the situation and I have no control of the outcome and it's all good? What if I just trust it just give it a try just give it a try you know uh, we we enjoy uh, humans enjoy to experiment they enjoy the adventure the mystery we enjoy that um to to some people live their daily lives like that they just enjoy it so much they they want to experiment on everything um just experiment remember when you were a child when you wanted to play, you, you weren't sitting and thinking, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I need to play. No, you were like, okay, I'm going to play. Just remember a little bit how it felt <laughs> <laughs> when you, you said, you know what, oh, the sun is shining, I'm out of there. Into that um, childlike, you know, and surrender to that. What if you just do that? And the more often you do that, you know, we are creatures of habits and uh, we create habits and then we go on and on and on. And the more we practice, the more the theory of it is going to be clear to us. Just trust that, go and do it. And if you think that you somehow you can do it better, hey, then go and do it better the next time. And don't um, track down your mistakes. It's just a mistake. It means that you can try the day after, you see. Uh, Another thing how to learn how to trust yourself is to stop by all means comparing yourself with others. I mean, it's, it's, it's um, actually crazy to compare yourself with others because what is to compare? <laughs> and maybe if you can try to compare yourself with yourself of yesterday and see uh, how close are you to the one you want to become. What if you just do all that? That's a lot, a lot of work. And based on um, the fact that the more you practice, the easier things get. And learn also to trust um, the moment. The more we trust, the more we surrender into the now, into the knowledge that we have now. The more we do that, the easier it becomes. And then when it becomes fun, wow, oof, you're unstoppable, really unstoppable. I like what you said about one, what if. I love that tactic. Yeah. And I think that's something that people can take away um, from this uh, particular episode is just asking yourself what if. And, and what I do, I take that another step further is I ask myself this literal question. I'll say, I'll think of the worst case scenario of what could happen. Okay, I'll say, what if that happens? Is someone going to die, including myself? Yes. You know, is this going to happen? It's going to happen. And if the answer is no, then I'll be, what's the worst thing that could happen, basically? And then I say, am I okay with that? 
And usually I am because, you know, it is a worst case scenario and it's very slim to know that it's going to happen. Um, and so I think that will help people to get to be a little more flexible, maybe in their thinking yes. and be a little bit more courageous to say, well, wait, hang on, wait a minute. What's the worst thing that could happen? What if this? Um, what's the worst case scenario in, in this situation? Mm-hmm. And uh, I love how you brought in how we as children, we don't sit there and analyze. No. Should I jump on the trampoline? I might hurt myself. Or should I jump on the trampoline? Maybe someone would see me being silly. Maybe I'll fall. Or should I go out here? How, how, should I really try that new bike? You know, we don't, they don't, well, sometimes I guess, you know, they, they, they can, but in general, children don't do that. No. And so we need to be a little more, and you are very, uh, I love you, Rula, because this is something I need, I need you to it, somehow kind of give me a little bit of is you're so like free flowing and I tend to be much more, um, I have my little piles, you know, we have a lot in common, but at the same time, like you have just this free flowing spirit and, and I, I haven't learned to be that way yet. So I love that about you. And so I can see you being very, very childlike where I'd be like, no, I'm going to be a princess right now. <laughs> you know? But, uh, but I love it. Seriously. I'm so serious. I think that you are going to be that friend of mine that I'm going to keep on knocking on your door like, come on, come on. Let's just do that. I know that you want to do it. Let's just do that. You know what I've done when I turn 15? I'm be a, leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> what if? Hmm. When I turned 50, that was last year, I uh, there was a very high building in Amsterdam and they have uh, a swing on the top floor. So I went there and I just started to swing on that thing. <laughs> I felt like I was on the top of the world and I was like, oh, oh, what, a, what an achievement. And I was just swinging for less than one minute. <laughs> But what what I realize is that every yeah. single time that yeah, you dare, I mean, yeah, you dare to reverse that thing. You know, we've been through shame and blame. Okay, what if I would just continue to sing? Yeah, and what if the neighbor hears me? And what if the neighbor thinks, okay, she's singing? No, no. So so what? So what? And what if I just go on? And what if I become right. the so best? What? Uh, exactly. singer that, that sings so false. I mean, people are laughing and in the end, it becomes a, a, a comedy. <laughs> you know, uh, learn... What if it works out? Yeah! What, what, if, what if I'm successful? What if yes. it actually works out? I mean, think of that too. You know, compare yourself to what you want to be. I love that. I do that. I do that myself. Yeah. I don't compare myself to others usually. I mean, as a woman, I, I suppose sometimes I do. But... um I don't play team sports well. And so I just, you know, I, I, I know what I want. No. So I, I know what I want of myself yeah. and that's what I keep comparing myself to. And, and I think that's maybe a good tactic, you know, yeah. um, but we are going to have to wrap it up today. And I, yes. I, you've been so helpful. Um, this has been a great discussion. Is there anything I always like to give my guests one last chance to say something maybe you, you didn't get a chance to say, is there anything else you wanted to, to bring into our discussion before we um, end? remember you remember you remember who you are know yourself remember who you are that's all excellent I can't say it any better than that thank you so much for the time that you spent with me today Rula Um, I really appreciate it and I know that others are going to glean a lot from you and appreciate you as well that would be great if they can get some something that can help them in many many more ways than it helped me or even you and i'm honored thank you for the invitation i really appreciate it and i wish you again all the best with your program thank you so much You've been listening to Deprogramming with host Terry Lynn. To connect to Terry or to check out our other shows, head to lifesource.global. And don't forget, hit the like, subscribe and share buttons. This show has been brought to you by Source Light Productions.